June 29th, 2012. VGN Network presents Kevin's Oblast Radio with your hosts, Kevin Baird. And Elliot Hillis. All right, so tonight we're interviewing Jedi, who we haven't actually spoken to in quite a while, I guess. Um, yes. Since one of the... I think we, you did like the the first 90s Medispective. Was that the last show you were on? Yeah, I did like half of it, and then I had to go. And <laughs> apparently it was like a, only a fourth of it since you had two episodes. Yeah, for half of the first episode. Yeah, the, the, honestly, those didn't go so well. I, we we did those for because the audience asked us to do a '90s show, so you know we did. The second show actually turned out better than the first. Uh, no, no, not your fault. Just I think everybody was just kind of in a mood like, oh, '90s right. show. And well, even having grown up in the '90s, I mean, you, it's different because you know my I won't call it my generation, but you know we're like a decade apart. So right. all the stuff that you guys watch growing up—that's why like the '80s and everything like that was such a huge show because that's that was your childhood. Right. You know, I was nine or whatever. You know, at the end of the '80s, and I don't remember watching any TV at that point in my life. So I was like, "Yeah, the '90s show. I'm gonna have a lot of stuff to say." But you want you covered like everything, <laughs> so I, I I had no idea. Like half the shows, I didn't even know what you were talking about. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think we knew what half of them were. But like, uh, he's gonna get to Saved by the Bell, and you're like. All right, let's go through the D's. Like an hour and a half into the show, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't that notable of a of a um, bunch of TV shows. There was all those freaking WB and CW shows in there all the time. Just kind of made it a little bit weird. Like, was this a show? Was it on for like six weeks? That's true. I, you know, you the, the thing listening back to that is I noticed just how many like you know black family type shows that were out there. <laughs> right. I was like, huh. You're right. There was a lot of those. Yeah. Like, you know, Family Matters and then whatever, hanging with Mr. Cooper. I can just imagine like every like every time they tried to sell one of those shows, they're like, it's the Bill Cosby show for the 90s. You know, Cosby right. show, 90s style. You know, this guy's hilarious. Look at, you know, and they yeah. uh, somebody said, good, do 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 more of that. And uh, every, every little transition between, you know, one scene of the X as a like early 90s rap music. Yeah. The Fresh Prince music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they all, yeah, they, and they all pretty much had the same storylines and everything. They just rehashed the same thing. But um, yeah, so anyway, we're um, catching up with you. So you, uh, you moved out. How did that actually go down? Like, were you, um, were you at some point just sitting there and like, I can't take this house anymore. My dad's keeping <laughs> me down. I got to just get out of here. Yeah, physically, pushing my head down. <laughs> I can't stand eating soup on Sundays anymore. No, I mean, were, were, were did somebody just invite you in? They were just like, "Come on, you know, let's. Uh, why don't you move in with us?" Or, I mean, what what was actually the process that you decided it was time to um to kind of go out and do it on your? Because you didn't even have a you didn't even have a real job at that point, right? No, oh no, you're right. So I'll kind of track the the progress. So when I first moved back from Chicago, you know, I, the plan wasn't to move initially to move back in with my parents for a long time. You know, I wasn't like, here I am, I'm going to live here for the rest of my life. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't the plan. It was just kind of like, well, I'm going to stay here and hopefully I can move out as quickly as possible. Problem with that was that there were no jobs. Um, all, all my experience was in banking and nobody was hiring in banking because the banking's, you know, that's where all the, a lot of the uh, <laughs> foreclosures and everything like that was happening. So they had to deal with that. They couldn't hire people. So, um, but I, so basically it boils down to, I couldn't afford to move out. So I ended up living with my parents for a while, about a, maybe six months to a year. I started talking to the guy who's the owner of the house I'm living in now. And, uh, I was like, well, you know, I'm interested in moving out here in this house. There's been about two or three people that have lived here, uh, for quite a while. And then there's always like, you know, it's a four bedroom house. It seems like the fourth room is always rotating. You know, there's always a person moving in. That person lives here for a while and then moves out. I was trying to move into here. I just, I still couldn't afford it at the time. And I was still right in the middle of school. And every time I was trying to move out, it just didn't work out. And uh, finally, it came to the point where I said, you know what? I don't care what happens. Like, here's, here's my goal now is that I'm going to finish college. You know, I came up on my last semester. An opportunity opened up to where I could move into here, um, into the place I'm living now. I just said, I, you know, whatever. You know, I'm out of school now. I, it, I'm just going to have to buckle down and find something and just trust that, you know, I can, I can make it here for a little while. So I had enough money to just barely be able to pay rent. Oh, so this. so it is a place that takes. I mean, it's not like a. It's not like a um, halfway house. Yeah, like a halfway house or um, no. So. But it sounds like one. Cause we've got five <laughs> guys in here, so 
Yeah, yeah. I sleep in a cot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> up on the roof. Just a, ham- yeah. a hammock strung to two trees or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have trees. Yeah, two cacti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So basically, I mean, the guys that I'm moving in with um, are people I've known for a while, uh, with the exception of one guy. So they're all my friends and everything, and they they kind of told me about um, you know this place that was opening up. Problem was uh, is that there was a four you know we have four bedrooms right, right. and I was going to move it in the fourth bedroom. Well, it turns out that one of the other guys that we're living with now, uh, by the time I had finally gotten around to saying yes, I think I'm going to do this and move in, we had another guy come in uh, who said well he wanted to move in at the same time I did. So now we're stuck in a situation where we had to work it out, and and we ended up making it work to where we have five people living in a four bedroom house. I'm just sharing a room. With my friends, so that's like when you—if you've been reading my Facebook posts, you know, months past, where I'm talking about getting locked out of the room. That's because I'm literally being locked out of my own room that I'm sharing with my friend. <laughs> this guy is my be- we one of my best friends, so you know, I give him grief about it. But. Yeah, I know he's in the room with you right now, so he can't say anything. Yeah, uh, you know, he's just to the right of me, actually. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, see, there he is. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, um, I don't know if that catches you, up, but yeah, I finally um, I moved out. That was sometime in. Um, I think early February when I finally got in here, and then uh, not much longer after that, I finally got a call back from Dish Network to work well, there. Well, now before you before you actually go that, let's talk a little bit about the job hunt because you had actually gone and you know for people that don't follow, you know, we don't really talk too much about it on the other shows, but you know, you put out some resumes out there a couple of times and went through some of the the, the whole um, walking around and trying to. You think you're going to get the job, and then it never really materialized. You want to talk yeah. about that that process at all? I mean, what your feeling feelings are about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this: is that um, I mean, it, 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 I'll try to touch on it without going too, you know, off on this giant tirade about it. But I think that the the idea that they set up here, you know, for people to believe is that you know, you go to college, you graduate, you get a degree, and then the world is open to you. You know, oh, you've got this degree, and uh, you know, now you're going to be able to get these high paying jobs and whatever. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be lining up to get you because you got a degree. Right. That's all crap. It's <laughs> totally crap. Um, and I didn't think that at first because literally right after I graduated, maybe within a couple of weeks, I started getting uh, calls back from. I'm going to move my mic because sure. I can hear them talking. Absolutely. But um, yeah, so the a couple of weeks after I got a, uh, what were they? Where was I? Yeah, I got my after I graduated. Started getting calls, or I got I got some responses. Um, I got one from Yelp, the um, you know the whatever. Yeah, I use, what I, I use Yelp. That's where you try to find like a restaurant to go to or something that's near you right. or whatever. So you know that of course you get all the the BS, the crappy you know emails that you get that you're like, oh, come you know be a part of our shady you know sales company. <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, and then I sent you know I sent you that one thing that was like, here's forty thousand dollars a year or whatever to do you know mail <laughs> deliver packages you know. <laughs> It's like probably delivering it for some you know Nigerian drug lord or whatever, and he's not going to pay me. But anyway, so you get you get all those, and you kind of learn, you kind of start to figure out which ones are not legit. And so um, I had a couple times where I was like, I you know people call me up like, hey, we got your resume, and let's set you up for an interview. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I need an interview. And then I call up and be like, no, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I canceled. I canceled a few of those, more than a few. But yeah, so I, I, I'm, you know, Yelp went through Yelp, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I know what this company is. You know, it's obviously a legit company, and they're, you know, they're going to be paying this stuff. Um, they get you in there. You know, you're all excited. They have you go through this process, and um, Yelp actually wasn't so bad because they didn't make me take one of those four-hour litmus tests that oh, you know before yeah. you're even able to get into the interview. Right. <laughs> you're like, why are you interviewing me? You know, you know everything about me at this point. Um, but I went in there, interviewed. Seemed like a cool place to do. Um, but to be honest, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of sales experience, at least not that kind of sales experience where you're like on the phone making cold calls to people, sure. you know, tr- trying to sell them and everything like that. But wouldn't they, so, wouldn't they know that though, when they were interviewing you, you know, that kind of thing, like before they even offer you the job, they look at your resume and everything and they're like, well, obviously he's, he's never made sales calls, you know? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, well, you would think so. <laughs> you would think, and even on the job description or, you know, the qualifications they put on there, oh, you know, looking for somebody with, you know, previous customer service experience, which I have. For sure. And, or, you know, communications degrees and this and that. And so they, it wasn't like we were looking for somebody with five plus years of sales experience. You know, if that was the case, I'd be like, okay, well, this isn't even worth signing up for because I don't have that. Right. But no, they make it seem like it's entry level, like you're going to get training and everything like that. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, can talk to people. I'm not somebody that's shy in that sense. I could learn. 
And so that was kind of what I went with. And they would invite you into the office. They did a weird thing. You know, they interview you with three different people. Okay. I guess maybe that's not weird, but, you know, they had three different people interview you. Right. And, um, you know, then they do the role playing, which is always kind of weird, especially if you haven't had a lot of sales experience before. They start putting you on the spot. And I just had to kind of like BS some stuff. Like I started thinking of like every great, you know, movie scene <laughs> that I could think of to draw from. Like how did, you guys, how did these guys, you know – you know, manipulate them into buying something. So I tried to, I tried to do that and I did okay. You know, they, they, they said, Oh, you know, you know, that wasn't so bad. And, and one of the guys, I said something creative to somebody and he was like, Oh, that was pretty good. That takes, you know, a special talent. So I'm like, okay, well maybe. Yeah. But th- anyway, blah, blah, blah. I could talk about it forever. I didn't get the job. So I'm like, okay, well that's, that sucks, whatever. And, um, then I got a call from but, Apple. But you had to wait a while, right? I mean, they didn't just tell you then. They just sent you home and then you got a letter. Did you get a phone call? I mean, how did you actually find out you, you didn't get that job? I think I got an email. Oh, an email. Um, it feels like forever ago, but I think I got an email okay. saying that they had not chosen me. Okay. And there was just me and one other gal that were there on that day to interview for it. So it's not like we had a ton of people that were all interviewing. Sure. Uh, so I don't know if they were already pretty much well off anyway. But, um, but yeah, I believe I got an email for it. Okay. So, so that didn't work out. So then I, I got an email from Apple and I was like, or, you know, actually I, I'd seen it on career builder or something and I, I saw, well, Apple, obviously I know what Apple is. I'll just try that one out. Yeah. And, and it's for, a, I, um, doing customer service, uh, at home, like doing kind of call center stuff, except out of your home. Okay. And it paid, it paid pretty well. It actually paid comparable to what Yelp paid. Okay. Um, uh, and I was like, well, this is cool. You know, I know Apple, I, you know, and I, I, I have Apple products. I'm familiar with the technology. I could, you know, work my way into this company and, um, you know, maybe start off, with the, you know, in this place. And this is something I'm, you know, even was far more excited about than even Yelp was. Okay. And it was customer service jobs. So I'm like, this is great. This is perfect. I have everything I need for this, all the experience and everything. This, this, this could work. So they call you up. <clears throat> they actually responded right away, which is kind of crazy. Because huh. they sent me an email, and I wrote, and I wrote them back and said, "Yes, I'm interested." And they responded like literally within you know 30 minutes. Said, "Okay, great, we're going to give you a phone call." I was kind of surprised how fast yeah. they responded. No kidding. I was like, because normally, and I'll get into this a little later, but you know, um, but normally you just send your resume out there, and it's like into the void. Yeah, you might as well just like take the take, you print out your resume, you might as well just put it right in the shredder because that's <laughs> it's going to end up anywhere. You know what I mean? So. Uh, so anyway, I had the um, – they called me up. I did really well over my first initial phone interview. They just kind of ask you basic questions like, you know, they probably just want to make sure you're not, you know, retarded or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, just some weirdo. And so I, uh, I went through that fine and then I got a second interview and that's where they get into more detailed questions about, you know, what do you f- – you know, the standard interview questions. What do you feel – you know, why do you feel like you would excel at this job? Give us an example of, of – uh, you know, some scenario where you went above and beyond customer service. I hate, I hate thinking of those because <laughs> you really do have to lie. Like, honestly, it comes down to it. You have to, you have to just kind of make something up because, you know, when you work a customer service job, you know, you handle thousands of calls, you right. know, thousands. Right. And so, like, I, it's hard to think about one time where you just, you know, you oh, yes, <laughs> this was just above and beyond because you're always trying to do above and beyond because you want to do good at your job. Right. So right. it's it's like, how do I even think about a scenario? It's not like I put on my cape and I went up there <laughs> right. and saved the company from bankruptcy or yeah. something. I talked to the lady and I knew she was right down the street. So I just took off in my car and drove to her house. And <laughs> Right. Yes. Know. I got fed up with her trying to, you know, fix her, <laughs> fix her computer. So I just went over there and I clicked the button for her. Uh, wish I could do that. But yeah, so anyway, past that, they said that, you know, it was, I knew it was going to be a three interview process because they told me that up front. So um, they passed me to the, onto the final round. I was like, okay, this is great. You know, I'm feeling good about this. And they did, um, the way that Apple does it, it's, it's like, the, I think the second interview was a phone interview. And then the third interview was like a Skype interview. So you had like, wow. and it was a, it was a video conference. So I was talking to two people, kind of like we did, you know, on the show. Sure. And you know, my camera is all you know running at fifteen frames per second. So I'm just kind of boop boop boop, you know, <laughs> bouncing around and like, yes, this is this is the technology you can expect from me. But no, I. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to the guys, and um, it was a man and a woman, and um, that seemed to go really well. As, as also, I had a good feeling about the whole thing. I think. Honestly, and I, I think the one thing that might have killed me for it is that they um, – I had mentioned that I was going to be living in a house with other people. Oh. And I was like, well, no, don't worry about it because I'm going to be able to have my own – you know, I'm going to be able to have my own space and it's going to be closed off and everything. This is before I actually found out we were going to have five people in the house. But um, I would have been able to have my own room where, you know, everybody else works so they're gone throughout the day anyway. But um, 
I'm, I'm, and so I thought it went really well. And then I was like, oh, I'm really confident about this. Then I got, a, you know, I got another email from him saying, thanks for interviewing. But, you know, the position's been filled it or something. It took forever for you to get that, though. I mean, it seemed it like did. it took weeks for you to get an answer that w- if you had yeah. that job or not. It did. It did. It took at least, I believe it took at least uh, two weeks for that. And I had no idea. I, I had just kind of been sitting there thinking that I had gotten it because I felt like it went really well. Hmm. And um, and I was like, man, I don't know if you've ever worked in a call center or not before, uh, Kevin, but they – call centers – don't the kind of people that a lot of call centers hire are are not always the best and brightest and it's sure. like I know that I, I'm not like a you know I'm not that some genius or anything but I, I believe that my skills and my education and my personality is above average for that kind of work right and so I was just kind of after that fell through I got a little bit depressed I was like <laughs> what is going to happen here now like I have no idea what I'm going to do and so I started just kind of like you know, going to every place that I could think of that had a customer service or a banking job or something like that, that I was trying to, um, that I had some sort of background in. I mean, were you, when, when, uh, let me just stop you there for a second. When you you graduated college, did you, I mean, did you feel pretty good at that point that that was all behind you? I mean, because, you know, you've been working, you know, you basically, from what I understand, you went to, you had an original degree before you went into the banking industry or something. That was kind of a bullshit degree, I guess you would say. You know, you you went and tried to do the the Moody Bible College thing that didn't you didn't have the money for it, and right. then you came back and you went to this in order to get something so you could get a job. So you so you must have felt like you put a bunch of work in. You you finally got that out of the way. You must have felt like shit. Now I got two degrees or whatever. You know, I've got work experience. This right. has to just come together for me now. And yeah. you know, you must have felt you must have felt pretty good. So this must have been like a a, a pretty rapid high to low feeling for you. That's a good way to describe it, you know, because of course, it, I mean, regardless of what it, whatever you think about, you know, college and everything, it, it was a big deal for me to finish it. Sure. You know, I mean, like it's it's like I've been in and out of college, you know, for ten years almost, you know, not consecutively, but you know, trying to just trying to just finish. And so right. I'm just like, this is one of my goals in life. I want to have I want to have at least a bachelor's degree and and be done with it, and at least say that I did that, you know. Right. And and of course, you know, it's not like I expected to go right into you know the head of a corporation, but you know, you get out and it's like you accomplish this. You know, you're trying to move out. You're trying to do these things. You're trying to get move your life forward because when you're in college, everything is about school. Like it occupies your mind constantly. Mm-hmm. And then it's like once you're finished with it, you feel like, okay, well, that part of me's done. You know, I'm ready to move on to to real life again. And and real life sucks. <laughs> uh, it does. Because you, you're just like, what's happening here? And I remember being. I remember. You know, before I went back to college, you know, to get my bachelor's, it didn't seem like it was so stinking hard to get work. Right. You know what I mean? Or at least interviews. And I'm like, at this point, I was actually right after I got, you know, rejected from Apple, I was, I was bummed out, but I was still, I was still kind of positive in the sense that, you know what, something will pop up here. And, and then it gets to the point where, you know, you're shooting high, you're looking at places that are at least, you know, kind of around the, the 30 grand a year range, which is what you want to try to get at least coming out of college, at least for me. I was like, I'd be fine with that for now. You know, that that would be more than what I need. And then you're looking at your your standards start to get lower and lower as you, (laughs) as you, as you get more and more rejection letters or people just forget about you. And, um, and then that was the point in time where all the, like I said, all the, all the other BS companies started kind of floating in there and being like, here, come sign up with our insurance company or come sign up with this, you know, crappy company that isn't recognized by the Better Business Bureau. And, and, um, and then you start to go, okay, well, this salary isn't apparently atta- obtainable for somebody with my, <laughs> you know, and I'm not even asking for a lot, you know, it's just like, this is based on my work experience and my education. I feel like I should be able to get something decent. Right. You know? Sure. Absolutely. And so then you start sending out resumes to everywhere, you know, Jimmy John's. <laughs> yeah. No, you do. I know what you're saying. You and you're just like, you're sending them out everywhere. So I would, and of course, you know, I'm still living with my folks at this time and I'm, and I'm telling them, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to get out of there, you know, and, and my parents were being pretty cool about it. You know, my, my dad, you know, but my, my, the thing about my dad is that he, he's very, he doesn't, 
he's not with it technologically speaking. Like he doesn't understand that the way things work today, like it doesn't make a single difference if you go into somebody's. You know, <laughs> right. It's yeah. like it, it's it, gone are the days of like walking in with your tuxedo and handing somebody a, a resume. Like they don't even process resumes like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. everything is done online. They give you those, like I said, those giant, you know, SATs before you get there. Sometimes you go in and they just point you to a computer desk. They're like, go apply on that thing over there. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, I'm like, dad, you know, you don't understand. I submitted like 40 resumes today. (laughs) You know, it's just like, but that takes, you know, just to submit the resumes and everything, it takes a few hours. And what are you going to do with the rest of your day? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, feel feel like a loser, basically. (laughs) That's where it starts to compile. And you're like. I really feel like I'm doing what I can here and nothing is coming back. Like you're getting really nothing meaningful. And um, so that was when, you know, I wouldn't say it was depression, but you kind of get to the point. And, and I, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who feels like this because, you know, I've got yeah. other friends that are recently out of college and, um, and they were struggling with the same thing where it's like, you know, you submit resume after resume and you don't get a call back. You don't get an email back other than the generic one that says, thank you for applying, you know, if right. you will. We consider you. You'll hear from us in you know seven years or whatever, and um, so you just get kind of bummed out, and you're like, "What am I even doing this for?" Like, you you what? send out like hundreds and hundreds of resumes like all the time. You get like one call finally that <laughs> you get a job, and then like it becomes amazing because you think to yourself, "Nobody else ever calls back." You know, like you just right. like did you. You know, are people even looking at your resume? Are they all just like getting misdirected somewhere? No, I know what you're saying. It sucks. Yeah. It's like you you don't even know if you're doing the right thing. Like, is 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 there some new like special paper that I got to make my resume into? Yeah. So maybe using the wrong font. You know? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they don't like Comic Sans on my uh, on my. <laughs> I mean, but you probably did scrutinize your resume over and over again because you just sit there and you look at it and you're like, maybe this isn't clear that I'm apparently the right person for this job. You know. <laughs> Right, you, right, exactly, <laughs> and, and and you're like, am I going to end up being one of these guys? I mean, thankfully, I still had a job. You know what I mean? Like, I was at least working with the kids at right, Kids Zone, and right. at least was doing something. Yeah. So it would have been much worse if I had not had anything to do. Um, but I was getting to the point where I was like, this, okay, well, something has to happen soon. Like, I have to get. I was trying to get a full time job because I didn't want to work, you know, two part time jobs. But I was sure. looking at, I'm like, hmm. Quick Trip might be hiring. <laughs> it's seven dollars an hour, and like maybe I could just do this and be one of those guys that's like working seventy hours a week just to just to pay you know the bills kind of thing. And um, and I'm just like you know I, I had to, I got to that point and I finally finally interviewed with um, okay this is how this works too this is what's the crazy thing of it I interviewed with Dish Network right which is okay. where I'm at now. Um, is, is it okay to talk about it? Now? Oh yeah 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 that's where we're at so awesome okay okay cool. So finally, you know, I get an interview with with Dish, and they're you know one of the lower paying jobs and everything. But they had they had they were hiring for tons of positions because um, we're they're expanding, you know, or we're expanding, I should say. And but of course, you know, when you see that there's like twenty thousand positions open, the first thing that comes to your mind is like, man, they must not be able to keep any of their people. You know what I mean? Like they must just be turning people over right and left. Well, there's like a, literally, you know, there's a Dish network right next to my office. And there's a big sign facing the road that says we're hiring. And it was there for like, it's gone now, but it was there for months where that sign was there. And I would just think that it was some sort of scam. Like they would bring you in, give you training and then tell you to sell and you would just work on commission or something. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just, yeah, that's of course they have lots of departments. That that was their sales department stuff, but I'm I'm doing customer service. So it's like, you know, billing questions and technical support and everything. Of course, this is stuff that I'm, I'm familiar with doing. And I'm like, well, you know, here's another thing. I walked into into there, and um, and I, I probably shouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to toe the line here in the things that I say. But you walk in there, and you're kind of like, I don't think these people have a high school education, much <laughs> less like a college education. And it's not to say that those people aren't smart or they can't do the job, but at the same time, you you just got out of college, you busted your butt for however many years, you racked up all this, you know, loans and everything, and you're like. Is this, this is it? Like, did I do it so I could end up at a job that I could have not gone to college <laughs> for at all? You know what I mean? Like, oh I didn't, man, I didn't, that's I didn't no put good. myself through all that stuff. So you're sitting there, and there's like, you know, the guy, you know, that <laughs> they're just like, you know, off the street kind of thing, and you're like, well, all right, you know, I'll I'll fill this out. And this was one of those. This, this is one of those places that made me do literally. I think the test that they made me take was like two and a half hours long. 
that was a bunch of questions. Then they took you through like a virtual call center thing, made you do all this kind of crap. I'm like, this is so stupid. I don't know. You know, but at that point I didn't care. I was like, this is, you know, I'm desperate. So I did all that. Then you get, then you get to the actual interview. Oh, wait, wait, let me back up. Let me back up. Sure. Sure. So I entered, um, they called me back for an interview. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting time frame mixed up. Okay. Yeah. So they called me back for an interview and then I go in there, they get the interview and you know, you sit down, it's all quiet. And then they're like, okay, we need you to take this test. (laughs) I'm like, what? This test? I just spent like two and a half hours doing a test just to get in here. And then they made me go sit down at the computer and take another test. And it was the same test. Oh, really? It just had like, it had like five or six other questions on it. And it was, but it was like the same material. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I, I swear that I spent like four hours doing this stuff before I even walked in the door. And then and this time, I guess they make you kind of do like a recording. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. They got you through there. If you pass, <laughs> you know, if, if you, if whoever's listening to it, if you sound like you're okay enough, then you do an interview. I well, what's like on, three. what's on the test? I mean, is it stuff about dish network or is it just general customer service type questions? It's right? just general customer service type okay. stuff. Like they give you like a, like a virtual call center. They want, they make sure, they want to make sure that you know how to navigate, you know, they kind of put up their little, you know, uh, what we call promo, which is the, the system that runs it. And they say, well, click here in order to make a payment and kind of stuff like that. Make sure that you can actually have functional motor skills. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. You're not like, no. what's a mouse? I don't know <laughs> how this works. Do I hold this to my eye? Ow, the red light hurts. Yeah, I know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then they actually apparently, you know, you do kind of a mock call. Like they take three calls and then um, you, they have a prompter and everything. You just read off the prompter. And you just have to kind of sound like, you know, you know, like I said, that you're competent and that your voice sounds okay over the phone. Sure. And then apparently, I don't know for sure, but apparently somebody listens to it. They decide that, okay, you know what? He can speak English. So let's go ahead and put it through <laughs> to the next round of interviews. Okay. So I did that and I got out of there and finally, you know, I got through the interview process and I was like, you know what? I don't really think even if I got offered the job that I really want to work here, you know, like wow, I'm, really? I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. You know, I just, that was the place that I kind of walked away that I was like, uh, I don't really feel great about this, you know. Um, really? Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I, and it was a full-time job they were offering you and everything. It, it was, yeah. Not a lot of pay or, or whatever, but, you know, full-time and um, and uh, benefits and everything. You just didn't so really that, want to answer support calls for... It was just, it was. I don't know how to describe it, but maybe you've had this experience. Like, you just walk in and you just get a weird vibe, you know. There's just like a like a vibe that the place didn't feel, I won't say professional. It wasn't, it wasn't professional, but it kind of just felt like... I, this sounds really arrogant to say it, but I think, like I said, based upon everything with my experience, whenever it felt like it was beneath me. If that's the only way I can say it, sure. Like, I, no, I, I felt, understand. I felt like, oh, you know what? Like I'm better than this. Like this isn't a place that's paying a lot. It didn't really feel great, you know, when you were in there. Just the kind of the kind of vibe that it was given off. But I was like, okay, well, you know, if it comes down to it, and I can't get anything else, you know, at least this is there. If if they call me back, right? So this is in, this is in February, I believe. Okay. And so fast forward to April and I'm still trying to apply for other places. I tried to apply, you know, for Apple, you know. So they didn't so they didn't call you back or anything? No, didn't call me back. Didn't like I didn't hear from I honestly thought that that I didn't get the job. I was like, okay, you know, I didn't get the job. They didn't didn't even bother to send me anything. And that that kind of doubled my feeling about it. I was like, well, this place can't even tell me that, you know, they're not hiring me or whatever. Like they probably just forgot about me or whatever. But at that point, I didn't care because I was like, well. This isn't someplace I want to work anyway. I was literally sitting here on my computer like I am now, and I got a phone call. And like, hey, this is so-and-so from Dish, and uh, we're still hiring for that job. Do you want to take it? And I was like, this was in April, you know, like two months <laughs> later. And I was like, uh, are you still interested? I was like, uh, yeah, sure, because at this point, you know, I've been living in the house now. Bills are starting to pile up, and, you know, when you're getting yep. $400 paychecks, you're like, I, this isn't going to cut it. You know, right. I need something, so – I just said yes, and then they made me kind of choose what kind of – it was weird because they made me kind of – you know, they told me – they gave me like the options for what my hours were, and I kind of just chose over the phone. I was It was very like much on the spot kind of stuff, huh. but um, I took the job like right there because I just – I was – you know, I needed it. And um, so I took it, got it, um, and that was in – I you, started – Do you work it, like a nine-to-five? I mean you said you picked your hours. I mean what did you end up picking? Well, they had they didn't have a nine to five option. It was like um, their their hours are weird. It was, it was like something like ten to seven Sunday through Thursday, and I was like, you know what, I can't be working Sundays. You know, like that's that's where I have for church, and, and you know sure. that's important to me. So um, I, w- I didn't want to do that. And then they had a uh, a split shift, which sounded horrible, 
which is like work three hours in the morning, go away for four hours, you know, and then come back. I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do in the middle of my day for four hours? It's like go to the gym. Yeah, go to the gym. I guess work up, get my heart rate up, so I come back and I'm just pissed. <laughs> You're just all stressed out. <laughs> but I was like, well, no, that's not going to work. So then they offered me um, the other one. They offered was the work shift I'm working now, which is um, ten to eight, uh, four day like. Four hours a day. Or excuse me. Four I'm sorry. Four I, days I, a week, I, I'm, I'm doing I, the flex shift. So I'm four nine-hour days, and then what? I'm I sorry. I, yeah, I, we lost you a little bit. You you said at ten to eight, and then you just kind of there was just a Skype thing where it just went blank for a second. Okay. Sorry. Um, so yeah, ten to eight, which is what I chose, and um, and they said, well, you'll have to work either, you know, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. One of those days could be your flex day, and then you'll just work four hours that day. I was like, okay, well, that that's fine, you know, I'll, I'll do that. So I started that in in, uh, in April, April twenty second, um, which was that day, and they had it was like a month long training, which I did have to work Sundays for that month, which which sucked, you know, because I I'm, uh, we'll get to this later, I guess, but I, I just got involved in a new church, which I really love and everything, and I was like bummed that I had to miss it, hmm. so I just kind of put up with it. I'm like, well, I'm going to be gone for a month. You guys aren't going to see me, you know. I can't get to church for a month, so I was already kind of like, yeah, whatever. Right, and then. And then, um, and then kind of the training class, uh, the training class was okay, but there were like the people that, that are in there sometimes you just sort of like, you know, you got like the one guy who makes like a funny joke at the beginning of the training thing. And then the rest <laughs> of the time he thinks he's a comedian. So it's like every chance he's like interrupting the trainer to like tell some really bad joke. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I got like really reclusive and I'm not somebody who, you know, is antisocial. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to come in here and like block out everybody else, try to learn my job and then go to work. <laughs> that might be the best and, way to do it though, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not like the people were mean or anything, but there were just a few people in there that you're kind of like, they, you know, they just want to stop and like question every single thing that you're doing. Not like legitimate questions like they don't understand. Like just, you know, tr- like just dumb questions about, well, why do we, you know, why do we have to do like, like wanting to, it's like sitting around, you know, questioning the universe kind of questions. It's like, <laughs> this is the way it works, man. Like, this is the job, you know? Like, this is what you signed up for. Like, don't waste, you know, like, t- you know, time going over and over. Or they're, like, chatting with each other so they miss, you know, 30 minutes of the lecture. And then they turn around and ask a question that was covered already 10 times. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? You're just you know? getting, like, super impatient. Like, you're just like, fuck, I'm going <laughs> to crush all of you. We're done here, you know? But that's that, what it was. But that was what it's like, though. So I, I'd already had like so, like all this enmity built up in me, even from day one, since the interview, where you know that sort of feeling of unprofessionalism just kind of compounded, and I was like, I, I, you know, there were. Now that I've gotten to know people, you know, like they're 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 nice and they're cool and everything. And it's nothing, you know. I don't I don't hate any of my coworkers or anything like that. It's nothing like that. Sure. But at the at the time, you're kind of just like. These, you know, you're used to going to school where people are, you know, trying to learn, yep. or do something like that, right? And you're with adults, you know, and you're like, we're we're adults here, like, why are we acting like like junior high kids, you know, sometimes, and and so it just was, it was just frustrating to me. And um, I don't so think do that, that I don't think that ever stops, even when you work with professional people. I mean, school right. school people have ambition, and then when you get into the work field, most people just start. They, they all that ambition goes, and then what they have is they just are trying to get by most of the time. So they're trying to do the absolute least, and anything you ask them of is going to be, you know, a bother. And you know, that's it's just um, it's just what people do. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, and and that's and that was the, just the vibe that I had the whole place in the first place. It was like this is where this is where people come to die, you know. <laughs> like, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> you know, you see those like old like you know movies with like the George Orwellian you know kind of futures, or they're just walking in by the truckloads with like their you know ten pails and everything, and they just sit down and you know plug into the matrix and then plug out, and and it's this. It was the same thing. It, it, that's that's just kind of the thing I, I felt like I was a part of, and I'm just like, you know, this is I can't stay here. You know, like I, this is not where I want to be long term. And um, when I got to the point where, um, during training at one point, I was starting to get anxiety about being there. Wow. And, and I'm not somebody who gets anxious very often. You know, I don't I don't really have that type of thing. Where that, where that happens, you know, everybody gets nervous. You know, you haven't taken calls in a while. It's a little intimidating, you know, talk on the phone to a stranger. Right. Um, trying to do everything. And so there's that. But I just got to the point where because everything felt like such a mess at times that I was just like, 
I was, I've never done this in my life, at least not recently that I can remember, where I almost just like got up and like walked out. And I was wow. like, yeah, I, I was like, I, I'm not doing this. You know, I don't care if I, you know, have no money for a month, you know, and I have to go work a, you know, a cook. You just, somewhere. you just wanted to tell people, you're like, don't you, you want to be that guy in movies or whatever it is where you're just like that person that's like, falling down or, or, Douglas, or, or you know? just, just the people that are just like, don't you people want to do something else? I'm getting out of here. I'm, I'm going to go become something. And they're all just like, no, you know, right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, we're happy here. And you're like, I, we, I got to progress or something. I you got to pay for my baby. All yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have several of those, yeah. there, but, you know, it, but also, honestly, too, and this ties into it a lot also, is that, um, you know, honestly, for, for me, a big part of that as well is because I really feel called to be somewhere else. And, right. you know, you've heard, you've heard my, my whole thing about, you know, wanting to go into ministry and then, like, kind of how that fell apart. Right. Well, like, in the last, in the last few months, um, actually towards the end of my, my school year, I really started to feel like the calling again, if you want to call it right. that, or feel like, right. feel like this, is, this, is, this is where I'm meant to be eventually. And and being in a, in a in a job like that where you literally just sit down and do, you know, train monkey work over and over and over and over. It's the same thing, and you deal with people. Ninety percent of them don't know how to do anything. You know, like can't track their bills. <laughs> they pay late. They get upset. You know, when they you know they're, set, they're three months behind on their bill, and they want you to like, oh, why is my bill so high? I'm like, because you haven't paid it. You, know? <laughs> and you just like you want to do that. You just you want to be able to shout into that for you, or you get the call like I got one the other day, and I just picked it up, and he just went off. Like I, you know, he just was like calling me all kinds of things that <laughs> I, I, I didn't, all I had said was thank you for calling Dish, and he just started going off, and I'm like, I can't even talk to this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then so so there's that. The, part of the stress of that too is that if you're somebody like me and you, you kind of like to help people, like you have sort of a, I don't want to say gentle heart, but you have like an empathetic heart. Like I want to like be in ministry and I want to help people and I want to kind of, you know, empathize with them. If you allow your emotions to get into it at all, right. like forget it because you can't help them and right. you know, 90% of the time. So you start, you kind of struggle with that, that anxious feeling of, oh my gosh, you know, this person's flipping out and I can't help them. And then you, so in order to do that, like in order to successfully do your job, you just have to become bitter, you know, (laughs) and just not care at all, which is where, which is kind of where I'm at, where you just, you know, you can't care because if you do, then they're just going to walk all over you. You know what I mean? Like you can't do, perform your job well. You know, if, if you're you, just emotionally you, involved you, in it, you can't be a human being, basically. I mean, you bas- right. you, you have to just sort of follow the company line and just do it exactly that way. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of traps that they set for you that you you end up, you know, talking to them and you you find yourself going down a way that you didn't want to go down. And I know exactly, exactly what you're saying. It's it's um, it sucks because you it you probably just when you're when you get done with the day, you feel sort of lifeless. No, you're exactly right. You're you're exactly right, and it's like you um you you kind of get used to it, I guess. After a while, you sort of learn how to fake things really well. You mm. know what I mean? Like right. I can make myself sound very empathetic, and like I I really really care. You know, I can make myself <laughs> do that. You know, the the fact that you know you don't know how to turn on your your receiver. You know, like there's people that that have our service that shouldn't shouldn't even be allowed to have a TV. You know, in terms <laughs> because they don't know how to operate it. And and um and anyway, but you get all that, and it's just. You know, like, I, I understand some people can do it, um, and it's, it's not that I'm bad at it. I'm actually pretty good at it, to be honest. Like, the, most of the reports that I've gotten from my uh, coaches and my managers, they seem to like me and they, they have good things to say about me. So it's not like I'm just sucking at the job. It's not that at all. It's mostly just the fact that um, it's just it's just the nature of it that that takes it takes it out of you after a while. Right. And so that's where I've been, I guess, to catch everything up right now. Um, if it wasn't, we, we have things that are called coaches that, you know, we're all broken up into small teams and each small team has a coach, which is kind of like their personal manager. Yeah. And, um, you know, he manages our team. So it, if my coach honestly wasn't so cool, like I would have been out there out of there a month ago. Like my coach is actually extremely cool. And he's one of those guys that like the first thing he said to me when we sat down, you know, when he met, he's like, uh, yeah, I don't really care much about the rules. <laughs> I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> so he, so a lot of the stuff that you like kill yourself over in training, because in training they want you to do everything precisely, you know, by the book, and you just can't do it that way. Ninety percent of the time, you're right, like, right. okay, I'm sorry, you're know, following the script, and you know that actually made things much more relaxed. Um, but 
I'm just done with it, man. Like, honestly, I, I there's got to be better ways to make money, or, right. or at least if I was doing this, to make more money. And um, and actually, recently, um, you know, I've been trying to get in. I've been looking for other work. Funny enough, uh, speaking of Apple, they actually just sent me another email saying that they wanted to interview me for the same job that I did, you know, really? earlier this year. Wow. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, you know, we talked to you earlier, and now, you know, we have another position open, so we want to talk to you. I mean, at this point, it's impossible because, you know, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm broadcasting from my, my dining room. So it's like if they're worried about noise and everything, we can't have like, oh, what's your problem? Like somebody cooking eggs in the background. You know? Well, can't you, can't, can't you just go back to your parents' house and do it? I mean, not, you know, just to do the interview? Oh, no, the interview would be fine, but the job is, the job is out of the home. Like yeah, it's in, you know that's that's what they say. But I mean, what you that doesn't mean you couldn't leave and go do it at your parents' house or something. Oh, you mean like set up home base in my parents' house? Yeah, right. Like, Instead of going, you know, to their offices, just have your own quote unquote office where you go instead of being where you're at. Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, my I would my one want to burden my parents like that. They already have. Oh, Jesus! If they be, if you're just telling them you're coming there for work, they'll probably be ecstatic. You know, I mean, yeah, I, you should rethink that. That you know, if, uh, it, I mean, dude, it, 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 there, there isn't any room in there. Like they don't, all the rooms are taken. So, well, there, maybe there maybe you have another friend or something that you could borrow their place or something. Maybe you could give them like some sort of minuscule amount of money to use their place for, um, you know, doing your job. I guess you know I hadn't really thought of it that way. I mean, that's something I could consider. Um, the other thing too is that um, actually. Have some friends that work at uh, work at PayPal, okay, and um, and they ha- they really like it there. They've actually had a lot of good things to say about it, and um, and I have an interview with an interview with them on Tuesday. Oh, there you so, go. So yeah, so that that's uh, that's exciting. Um, so there's that aspect of it, and um, and then there was another thing I was thinking about doing. My pastor form used to do uh, like insurance sales, and um, he you know has all this material on how you could do it, and. Um, so I would, that was actually something else I was considering as well. Um, of course, that's all commission and whatnot. But um, well, really, well, speaking of that, uh, you know, you you just mentioned a little bit earlier that you got a new church. What happened there exactly? Were you just are you like far away from your old one, so you started to go to a new one, or did you just like you know, like you said to yourself, um, I'm I just quit. Gonna, I'm yeah, I'm just going to go to this church over here. It looks inviting, and you just walked in, <laughs> and you were like, hey. I like Jesus. Do you like Jesus? Yay! You know, I yeah, mean, I uh, give the old Fonzie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but how did that actually co- How does that actually work for you? Oh, okay, yeah. So I'll back up here. Um, so when I, when I'm, I was going to a really big church before I went to Chicago, um, which was called East Valley Bible Church, and um, that church is huge. I mean, it's not like thousands of people, but it's pretty close. Okay. And um, I was really involved in there for a couple of years, especially with like the college ministry and everything. And I knew quite, you know, in, in a big church, it's hard to get to know people real well. But, um, you know, there was a couple core group of people that I, I met and I got to know because I played in the worship band. I played bass. So I kind of had like a small circle of friends that I could interact with. Fans. You had a bunch of fans. Or yeah, that. I had people holding signs. <laughs> <laughs> Play bass for us. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> you and your imagination. You got a big, get a big cr- cross-shaped bass and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's great. That's actually that's actually a good idea. You know, I just carry it around on my back like some anime character and sling it around. When, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> goodness gracious. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, when I went to Chicago, you know, I went there left everything, cut all my ties and whatnot. When I came back, uh, I pretty much knew no one because everybody that had um, been at that church had basically either gotten married or moved away wow. or started going to another church. And that's just the way it is there. Um, the church is so big that people filter in and out. Hmm. And if you're not like a, a head pastor or somebody that everybody knows, right. it's really easy to get lost in there and um, and not really you know, find connections. And so um, – so, it, you know, compiled with everything else that I was going through at the time, I wasn't really into going to church for literally like almost two years, which is a long time for me because I'd been going since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd see messages that you would post sometimes that said like occasionally you would go and you'd be like, I haven't been to church in a long time or something you would post on Facebook. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant exactly. Like, sure, maybe you hadn't been because you were working all the time on Sundays, that kind of thing. No, it's just like I mean I mentioned I'm I don't know if I told the audience or anything, but I've talked to you about it. And it's just like I kind of went through a really kind of dark time for me spiritually, in that I I just got 
very kind of depressed and, and bitter and like started to question a lot of the stuff I believed in. And, um, and I, church honestly for me just wasn't, wasn't a priority anymore. And I was like, I know I didn't know anybody that that's, that's the other thing too, is that I didn't really feel like there was a place that I could connect because everybody that I known was gone. Sure. And I'm like, and in, when you do that kind of stuff, it's like, it's, it's really hard to kind of just start all the way over because you've built friendships with people. And I don't know how long it's been since you've been to church or, or anything like that, but right. you know, like in big churches like that, we have what's called small groups and they, they break into groups like that they meet during the week and it's yeah. a smaller group. And, and I knew that's, that's kind of what I needed to be involved in at some point. But when you go to those things, you like spend time like pouring your heart out to people and like talking about, you know, you, you know, what we call your struggles or your sins or whatever. And, right. and you go, th- you go through things and you become attached and you kind of go, th- it's very, it's very um, spiritually and emotionally draining at sometimes and right, also right. uplifting at the same time. But when you, when you're like, okay, I'm going to go back here to this, you know, what was my home church and everybody's gone and you're just looking at a, a sea of faces. You're like, I can't do this again. You know, like, like right. this isn't, this isn't where I can sow my oats because what's to say, what's, what's to say like in three months, all these people that I'm invested in aren't just going to leave or yeah. move on. And I was just like, forget it, you know, and the church that I grew up at, I didn't want to be a part of. Um, this is just too familiar. And also like, there's other reasons that I, you know, I had some disagreements with, with some of the stuff going on. Um, so, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward a year and a half later up to where I was now. Um, one of my, one of my best friends who's my roommate, um, he, um, he was telling me about this really small church called Apologia and, um, he's, he was been going there for a year and I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I think I really need to go to some place that is completely different than what I had been going to. Cause you know, when you go to a big church, it's a lot of spectacle, you know, it's like big bands, a lot of lights and everything like that. And, um, and you know, the teaching was solid at my old church. So it wasn't like I had a problem with that. Sure. Um, or that I even necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. It's just that for where I was at, I'm kind of like, you know, I feel like, I'm ready for something like smaller. Yeah, you just felt detached from this big institution that you weren't really a part of, and so you you felt like you could you could um, find something a little bit more uh, easier in a in a smaller setting. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so in that sense, um, and then I heard my I heard my pastor uh, Jeff uh, Durbin. I heard him. I saw a YouTube video of him preaching on the Trinity. And I just thought it was incredible. I was hmm. like really blown away because the Trinity, uh, you know, is a hard thing to sort of uh, break down oh, yeah. in terms yeah, of yeah. Uh, explaining it and from a biblical standpoint and how it all works. And um, it wasn't that he was saying things that I necessarily didn't know already, but it was just the way that it was all broken down. And what I was looking for, first and foremost, and I think that anybody that's looking for a church, you know, I think the, the most important thing is to find like a pastor that you could, you feel like you want that guy to be your leader. You know what I mean? Like that's a guy that you want to follow because sure. you feel like he's following Christ. Yeah. And so that was, that was the biggest thing is like, I could, I could, you know, I could, you know, serve under that man, you know, I could follow him, you know, in, in his church. So I went to his church and his, the church is really, really small. We're talking like 50 people maybe. Wow. Um, is, it a, is, is it a building? Is it a tent? I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. do you guys just, is it like a, like a, yeah. An Indian dobo thing made of sand. Yeah, we meet at we meet at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> he brings his guitar and sings hymns and right unleavened bread. Which <laughs> <laughs> fit right in with all the rest of the. It's just know. inside some van that you guys right. get it. <laughs> Pastor yeah. Jeff's van. Pastor <laughs> Jeff's van cooking out there in the sun. You feel this? Flames of hell. It'll be worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, it, we we actually are renting space from another church, um, and it's actually right down the road. So you asked me earlier if it was closer, but it's oh, not. Okay. It, it's it, well, it is closer, but um, not much closer. So it's like I a see. mile down the road. Um, but anyway, I started going there, and the, one of the cool things besides the preaching is that the church is made up of a lot of like recovering um, addicts. Okay. Sure. So our, our pastor also preaches at this place called Calvary Recovery Center. Huh. And um, and actually, I posted this a while back ago, but um, the History Channel did this documentary um, with Hank from uh, Breaking Bad, that actor. Okay, yeah. And he, he was hosting it and everything, and it was talking about drugs and kind of the whole history. If you look in there, about halfway through that thing, uh, he interviews my pastor. Oh, okay. And my, my pastor's in that documentary, which is kind of cool, um, considering that, you know, we, we were in part of like a tiny church and everything, but yeah. you know, I, I hadn't watched the whole documentary. I know that they were just trying to get different perspectives and he was talking about the spiritual and you know, the Christian perspective of why people do drugs and how they can come out of drugs. So you get a lot of interesting characters there. 
and um, and I mean that in, in in a in the most sincere way. In that it's it's interesting when you go to, when you grow up at a church, you kind of get used to seeing things like oh, people come and you know they they say they're sorry, and like the biggest the biggest thing I had you know this week was maybe I, you know I lusted after a girl, or maybe I, right, right. I got angry or whatever like that. But when you're talking about like going to a church where people are literally like just came off from almost ODing and they're still struggling with with hardcore addictions and yeah, everything, right. it's, it's different. And it's different because you can see how like Christ can transform people. And you see people like from the very pit where you know that they're on the verge of dying, mm-hmm. you know, come out of that. And so it's just, it's just a whole, you know, seeing the way that, that God works in that environment is totally different than just being like a part of like a system where you're just like, Oh, you know, you're going to church and it, it church. But, but do you, was, do, do you uh, feel like you're, you're that, like the, the, um, you, you don't have enough bad shit. They're like, now Jedi's going to share. And you're just like, well, I, um, I took my roommate's, uh, iced tea today out of the fridge and drank it i was on this horrible podcast with these heathens we're like where'd this guy come from yeah right yeah yeah i know this guy brian (laughs) brian baird characters he's not doing well for my chances and getting them to heaven so right right and it's not like they go there and it's like well if you're not struggling with with uh you know coke then you're just not you know you're not struggling enough (laughs) see the world some more and come back it's 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 not like that you know like no nobody's belittling anybody's uh anybody's struggles or whatever, but sure. it, it's, it's cool. Cause it's, it's, um, I hate using that word cool for church, but it's cool in the sense that my pastor, you know, he's a young guy, he's 34 and, um, his favorite movie is the big Lebowski and <laughs> he plays go. and he plays Diablo, you know? So it's like, not that those <laughs> things matter eternally or anything, but it's kind of cool to go to a place where your, 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 your pastor's like a real guy. You know yeah, what I mean? He's right. not like some dude, like just sitting up there, you know, oh, you know, ah, come before me, my children. <laughs> you know, I do nothing, and, and you know, I, I avoid everything. So, and he and he himself is a former, you know, recovering act, or you know, as well. I see. Okay. So he's been through a lot of that stuff. Also, I shouldn't say he's still recovering, but he he's come through that. So it's just that when you're in there, that just kind of for me, you know, was like a big sign that this is where I'm supposed to be. I knew like right right after I had been there just once, and I'd felt like I. Um, because it's small, you can get to know people pretty easily, pretty quickly. That's cool. And yeah. and so it's almost like a big family in that sense. And um, there's opportunities for, there for me to serve. You know, I started getting involved in doing the, the band and other places as well. And it's just like that was for me, you know, there's just so many places for me to, for there to serve that I'm like, this is where I want to be. I want to help be a part of this. I want to help grow this church. Yeah, it makes and sense. Want, yeah. Yeah. And so that's – I know that was kind of a long-winded story, but now people kind of understand exactly, you know, what I've kind of come through for the last couple of years. And and, um, and that's just – you know, those yeah, are you, the things that, you that could, drew me. You could start your own Jedi Dollar Ministries. Like in the <laughs> you know have the, Jedi dollar what is that? Well, that's that dollar guy you know that um, who recently got busted or whatever that he has oh, that gosh. that oh, whole yeah. that whole thing where you can get salvation through or God gives you what is it monetary gain through oh, your salvation yeah. or something. health and wealth pastors is what we call them and uh, yeah we're very very far from that yeah. like <laughs> very very far I, I can guarantee you one thing one thing that I love about it is that. You know, like sometimes you bring people to church and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and then they end up preaching on like whatever, you know, asking us to, you know, boycott Harry Potter or something. You're like, what is this? This is not church. <laughs> you know, this has nothing to do with, you know, your real spiritual struggle. So like every, but what I'll say about my church is that um, every week, you know, you're going to have some like deep, uh, you know, diving into the word and like talking about that kind of stuff. It's all very, very biblically based. And, and for me, that was a huge, huge thing. So that's uh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where you're at right now. So what's the church? Yes. What's the church? And with the job, you're still kind of looking for other jobs, et cetera. So um, we got a few minutes left because we're getting close to an hour, and I just kind of wanted to wrap it at an hour. This so. is like the most I've ever talked, so I appreciate the platform. Yeah, no, it's, it's excellent. Um, uh, but it's a VGN type of thing. Uh, still, yeah. playing, still playing video games? Yeah, actually, I mean, um, the game I'm playing most right now is Diablo. Um, and uh, Diablo three, right? You didn't yeah, go back Diablo to the, didn't go back to the classic Diablo for some reason. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. It's like <laughs> this is not Diablo. I'm going to play Diablo two forever. And you know, I'm those guys drive me nuts. But um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't even sure if I was going to buy it until actually you know my pastor was like, "You want to play with me?" I'm like, "Sure, I'll get it." And now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm now I'm hooked on it. And um, <laughs> and uh, so I play that I play that mostly right now because honestly. 
I'll say the one thing about gaming that, like, you know, you normally get those like summer lulls and everything and where there isn't a lot of games during the summer. Right. And um, I think that this is this kind of stuff is actually great because you get these games that are basically endless. And uh, that's what Diablo 3 is like. Even when you've maxed out your, your character, you know, like you've gotten to level 60 or whatever. Sure. There's just always new loot everywhere. It's like an it's like an MMO in that. And so it's like that kind of helps pass the dog days of summer and gaming where you're like there is only isn't anything coming out that's got like a great single player story or anything so you could just like climb on you know there for an hour at a time or whatever and just kill some baddies and then you know put it down yeah um but i played that i was playing the old republic that you know the star wars the old republic and, okay um, i'd probably still be playing that if it wasn't for diablo having come out but, oh really um, yeah you could the thing about the gamings these days like there's only so much like time i can invest to each one of these endless exactly games, you right know what i mean yeah like Everything has multiplayer these days. Every you know, everything has like things for eternity. And um, there hasn't been a game that I thought you know probably since Mass Effect Three, right, which right. was like a really strong single player game where I was like, oh, I'm going to play this because this is going to have an awesome story and you know it's going to be you know twelve fifteen hours long and then I'm going to like get that that same sort of you know feeling from it. Like now there's just like a lot of games right now that are just kind of there to like suck up your time. So. I'm playing those ones. <laughs> so, I mean, you see that still being pretty much part of your future playing video games. I mean, will you buy one of these new consoles like a PlayStation 4 in 2014 when it comes out or whatever the heck it's going to be? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't I don't think I mean, it might be that, you know, if I ever do finally get fully in the ministry or whatever, you know, that stuff's going to have to take a little bit of a backseat just for time wise. But I mean, I'm I honestly I go on to IGN every day. I go on to game trailers every day. Um, it's definitely my biggest hobby, um, in terms of what I'm interested in. And, um, so I still geek out over it and I, I can't see myself not buying it unless I just, you know, like I said, for time or if I just have no money, but, um, but I, I, I see myself buying those consoles. I'm sure you will. Cause you know, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do it now. Yeah, I have to, but, um, no, that's, that's, that's really great. All right. So, um, I guess that's it. Do you have anything final you wanted to say or anything? You know, give a shout out to anybody or no, but Kevin, I'm glad we got to do this. And honestly, I was prompted because I listened to your last, uh, I listened to the last Oblast that you did. Oh, okay. And, and yeah, uh, which was, which are really good by the way. Oh, I, I haven't listened to him in a while and I, I started catching up on him and, um, I really enjoy him. I, I really, I'm kind of blown away by how much information you're able to ingest and retain. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, like I've had back problems for 10 years and I still don't know anything about it. You've had it for like a month and you're like, you're ready to be like, you know, Dr. Quinn or something. Oh you're my like, God. You know everything about it. You're like this is because the proteins are releasing this. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, you know, you're just, I don't know if you have the information in front of you, but you're just really, really good at that. It could be anything, you know, like the, the LBS before you're talking about Soviet Russia and all this kind of stuff. And you're like. I just, I, I don't know. It's uh, interesting. It, yeah, thanks. It's just the way my brain works, I think. I don't think I do it on purpose. It just it sucks up a lot of useless knowledge. I wish it was more <laughs> practical stuff like how to fix a car. And, you know, it's, it's more like how things go on. But you I will can set up a, a network, you know. I, I, yeah, I will I will say this about back pain, though. I, I don't envy anybody that, you know, has it or whatever. It, it was horrible. And um, I, I know you know because you've always had it or whatever. It's just... And what sucks about it is they don't they just they just really don't have anything for you. They really don't. They don't have like much of a plan. I mean, they, they, there's these talks about surgery, but if you read about it on the internet, most of that doesn't go very well. It's it's yeah. just like uh, it's amazing. And the people talk about chiropractors and they're like, oh, go to a chiropractor. They don't know what they're doing. And it's just it's crazy. You know, my doctor. I finally get in to see the like at Cleveland Clinic. You know, one of the best hospitals in the world. And the guy basically all he has for me is a a, a shot to get rid of the pain. You know, right. and I'm just like, that's great. That's not helping me. It's like know? two steps to the left of like when you had an infection that used to just amputate your arm. <laughs> <No>. Right. <laughs> it's like, the, like yeah. well, we don't have anything. This will fix it. <laughs> so you would think it would, wouldn't be like that hard. You're like, it's a disc and a, and, a, and a bone and a disc and a bone and a disc and a bone. So can't you just like, I don't know, put another disc in there or something? No, we don't have anything like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, put another disc in. Yeah. <laughs> you just have like a jar of discs lying around. Well, they transplant our, yeah. you know, like bones and organs and everything else and this is just a simple disc you think you know so yeah. like you would think they could fabricate one or transplant one or something but 
No. You can be like one of those cool dudes like at a comics, you know, that had their whole back replaced with like a bionic back. You know, so you like take your shirt off and it's like this giant, you know, steel thing, something out of crisis. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I had a slip disc. They put this in. Yeah, it's glowing and stuff like freaking, yeah. what is that, Battlestar Galactica with the red spine or something. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. But yeah, dude, you ha- you sound like you had back pain. I mean, I've had back pain where it's like gotten as far as my, my legs, you know, my thighs and and but I have never had it in my foot before. That's like as low as it can go. You know, it's like, you know, it's touching something real bad. But it's like, yeah, I've gone in my chiropractor and literally like not being able to walk straight. Looked like somebody like twisted my body. You know what I mean? Wow. And then you go in there and he fixes you, quote unquote. Yeah, right. And you're, and you're still walking out. You're like, how am I supposed to drive home? <laughs> I, I, I can I can't even drive it, you know, with this thing. And um, but yeah, I was going to say the, the thing I was going to say is that on your on your last podcast is that you had mentioned um how uh how frustrating it was that you know you couldn't get anybody to come on the show and you're like yeah i'm just like, i'm not sure about this i'm gonna try to do it i'm gonna try to get people at my house so i can lock the door and they're trapped i know it's basically do the show that's my plan it is it's, it's, and you're like if, if sundays weren't so hard for me now because it was church for me is on sunday night you know right during when you're filming you know, you're filming right when you're recording the show right. i'd be on you know more often but it's just because that sunday night is now occupied oh, but i was just like you know what Kevin and I have been trying. You know, he 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 reached out to me. You know, he <laughs> extended a hand of friendship, and I said yes, and I've spurned him. So now I must make good on my commitment. So I, I you know, I had today free, and uh, so that's why I wanted to be on the show. But yeah, just on that, you know, on that note, if I can ever be on the show, if it's not like on a Sunday or if I have a Sunday free, you know, you can always like send me a message because uh, I miss doing it, and it's especially if you start at VGN again, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it it really is just a problem with all the co-hosts all work different schedules and have different problems. I mean, Larry is generally always available, except now he has some issues sometimes on Sundays where he's like, I'm not ready just yet. And it's like, never mind. We'll just do it another day. And I don't mind. I mean, it's like, it's fine. I'll just go do something else. But it's just... Apparently he's it's, doing CSR again. He never even told me. Yeah, he's been doing like <laughs> so, was, solo shows on his own or something. Yeah. I guess, he, you know, he needs to do that because, you know, whatever crazy schedule he's on. And you won't you won't hear it until like all the all the information. Well, that's <laughs> I'm just, done. I haven't put it up yet, so like it's three months later, and I'm talking about the UFC, you know, ninety one. I mean, I, I, <laughs> and the the crazy thing is, I don't think he has any sort of a weekly schedule at all. I think he's literally home every day because he doesn't go to work. And I and I and I think like his girlfriend goes to work or comes home late. She comes home at like eleven thirty or something. So he he's always home as far. But you know, when the weekend comes, so it's impossible and. Uh, you know, he's offered to be on like my sh- like to do the interview, and I'm going to do an interview with him probably Sunday. I asked him if he could do one today, but of course he was like, "I got the kids." It's everybody's kids. I mean, Don's got his kids. Don's Don's schedule got all screwed up, but now we're doing that Tuesday show, so that's cool. And well, you I recorded that, right? Is it up already? Oh yeah, it's up. It's a good it, show. You should listen to it. Is it? Is it? Um, is it under the? It'll be to, like subscribe to. No, it, it it'll be under VGN. Yeah, because that's just okay. going to be a new VGN type of show. We, we haven't given it an official name, but it's just he and I, and then we may let, you know, uh, we probably will let other people be on, like, if you were just not doing anything, you could join us for the show, that kind of thing, except that yeah. I think initially, like, for the first few shows, we're just covering some sort of, like, general chatter to kind of get a rhythm going with it, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, well, I think it's a good idea, especially, I mean, if you can get them over there, why not, you know? It's probably... You know, more fun in that sense too that you guys are in the same rooms. Well, no, or not. I mean, at the moment we're just skyping it. It's just that oh, you he, are. Okay. It's just that he normally records his show that Tumbling with Tumbleweed on um, on Tuesdays, and he does that like at eleven because that's the earliest blog talk lets you record or whatever. So uh, he's oh, yeah. he's he's generally home from work then. And so it's like that's the only day that he's th- – but even like if you listen to it, I mean his daughter's still away. Clint comes over. I just, you know, But it, it, I still think it was a pretty good show. I mean you, you should listen to it. I, I got some nice compliments about it. But um, Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And, and I mean, then VGN, I want to keep doing VGN. It's just it's one of the, I think it's one of these things where it just has to kind of like we got to find some way of working it into everybody's schedule, you know, and I think it'll eventually happen. It's just everybody's just got weird things with their kids right now. Like I, I, I mean, yeah. I, and when I say eventually, I may be even talking like years. I mean, it's just right. one of these things where like, you know, Larry's kids, like his youngest daughter is almost a teenager, you know, eventually they won't want to see daddy anymore. Like Brian's oldest daughter doesn't go over to his house anymore on weekends. And so right. his, he he only has one other, uh, you know, daughter from his from his marriage where he has to have a kid, and and she's 
like 16 now, so she's going to be like in a couple more years. And then I don't know. I don't know what Brian's excuses will be then. And then it'll just be like, I, I don't have a voice or something. I don't know. Isn't that crazy? Like, I mean, what, like, what does she say? She's 16. So, like, when you first started the show, she was eight, right? Yeah. Doesn't that, that's got to be weird to think back about Well, that's like his, his, his do, like, well, Don didn't even have a daughter. He wasn't even married when we started the yeah, show. He, he <laughs> a daughter. He wasn't married. We, I've said it before. Like we pretty much, you know, it's like life and times of Don Anderson's love life. You know, it's like yeah. you've seen every, you know, his progression, his success, his failures. Don sees he was married, got divorced, got now he's remarried again. I mean, he hasn't been on the show in forever, but yeah, it's just the it's the time span that's gone by. So the first um, show I can remember for VGN was like Half Life Two had just come out, and and Brian hadn't even been playing World of Warcraft yet because it hadn't been out. And it was like a whole solid year of this week in the world of Warcraft, which is yeah, just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to get my brother nailed down to do this interview thing, and I'm going to get Seesaw and Anderson to do a catch-up show and everything like that. Though I don't know if I need to do one with Anderson now since we have a dedicated show just to talk to him. But yeah, if that's yeah. what it all turns into, I don't know. I mean, I just want to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it until I'm freaking dead. So it'll work it's out. It's good, man. I mean, I appreciate your dedication because it's like, I mean, you're like one of the first podcasts, you know, out there before, you know, every major company now has a podcast. Right, and it's right. Like, it's pretty cool to see that, you know, that you're still doing it because most of these have died off. But, you know. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Of being, it, it, uh, you know, not having any kids. You can just do whatever you want, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, I also think podcasting has kind of gotten, it is kind of dying out. Uh, and I've heard a lot of things where people are sort of transitioning away from it for some reason. I have to say that all podcasts are dying out. It's just one of those, it, I think it's just a money thing, you know. People produce them and they're like, you know what, there is no money in this. Why are we doing it, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, I'm just a glutton for punishment. I'll just keep doing it. So. Hey, you just got to do it for fun, you know. If you exactly. like doing it, you yeah. got to have other motivation. So right. All right. Well, anyway, good talking. You know, we'll do it again. We'll obviously have a VGN or something at some point. We'll get you on and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, for sure. That's it with uh, Jedi. Good luck, man. And Thanks, uh, let us know or let me know anyway if you get the job or one of those other jobs or you know how it all goes. I'm I'll, sure you'll see me. You know, in much jubilation on Facebook, you know, dancing around. Yeah, and we'll there. or we'll have to do another catch-up show in a couple of years or something and see uh, see where you're at then. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, that's it for more information about Kevin's Old Blast Radio. Go to videogamenews.com. You can send an email to me, Kevin, at uh, uh, just send it to editor at videogamenews.com, and um, I, if it's interesting, I might read it on the air. That's it. Take it easy. Good night. See you.